Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Henderson, a podcast, the greatest of all podcasts in GOAP. I'm your host, Alex Espinoza, with my co-host, Dr. Hot Dog, Hal Gordon. Hot Dog! <laughs> and uh, we have Steve Pastorino here. He's a former A's executive who made some waves with his comments um, during the A's public meetings with Nevada yesterday or last week um, during the first round of hearings. And as we're recording this, it's uh, Monday night at about 7 o'clock. We still haven't heard much yet. But, uh, Steve, how you doing, man? How you doing with all these negotiations? It's just an ongoing kind of kicking down the can. Yeah. Down the road kind, of, uh, kind of thing, you know? Thank so. you for having me. It's great to talk to A's fans. Uh, my first question is, where's the pizza guy? You know, pizza, <laughs> that guy. But, like, it's great that we yeah. have Hal the hot dog guy. But, like, yeah. where's the pizza guy? Like, has he weighed in? Do we know his opinion? Uh, so, I have been. So the- the, yeah. the the background of the pizza guy is is uh what was it so it was roundtable pizza so roundtable yeah. pizza owned that uh the ran the the vending room the pizza room yeah uh and then after covid um they sold it uh sold that to a franchisee uh, uh, and the franchisee uh, who owned it was like mm, we don't we don't want to deal with any of this vending anymore so <laughs> Sounds like another classic case of of uh, ownership changed hands and yep. fans got left out. Um, if yep. you run into the pizza guy, tell him that one of his fans um, says hi. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, anyways, but- no, it's it's. I'm I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah. In many ways, the four years I spent at the A's was the pinnacle of my career. I loved my time at the A's. Really interesting story about how I got to the A's uh, in, in the first place. And um, I really thought on Wednesday, I was just testifying as a resident here in Clark County who um, has an interest in where my tax money is going to go and also has Mm -hmm. a little bit of insight Mm -hmm. about um, how the organization runs. And this whole thing sort of um, blew up. Um, It's great. If, If we needed another person to talk about how important the A's are to the East Bay and how important the A's are to Oakland, I'm glad I could serve um, that purpose. Who knows where this is going to go? Um, just for the record, I believe that baseball, A's baseball, belongs in Oakland, belongs in the East Bay. Um, that should be the starting point, not the end point that we're trying um, to get to. And I love baseball and I love Major League Baseball. I would love to have a Major League Baseball team at the corner of Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard in Las Vegas. Um, uh, I really don't want it to be the A's. Um, but, uh, anyhow, we, we, we can talk about whatever. Thank you guys for, for having me and uh, hello to all my friends. I've heard from so many XA staffers, uh, fans, friends, family in, in the Bay area that have heard my remarks from the other night, also heard my son's remarks, um, from the other night. Yeah. And, um, uh, it speaks to how much we loved our time with the A's and, and, and in the East Bay. I, I, I miss it. Wish I could be there on Tuesday night for, um the reverse boycott um i hope i think it's going to create some really interesting scenes that might make uh everybody at the a's and major league baseball a little bit uncomfortable we'll see what happens and that's the goal that's the goal i think that there's not you know there's just not much that fans necessarily can do uh you know they have a lot more power in a place like europe um which i think has a better you know way to structure their leagues and stuff but here you know it just it truly feels that if one billionaire, you know, has decides, you know, that they want to move, then there's, there's, it's, it, it doesn't feel like there's much to do. So I, I, I am really um, proud and excited of all of these ACE fans who've rallied for the, this reverse boycott tomorrow, which is going to, which seems like more than, more than you could possibly imagine doing in this situation. But, yeah. but Steve, I just want to, uh, you know, I just want to remind everybody uh, if they, you know, if they somehow aren't putting two and two together. So Steve is the, the former A's executive who spoke uh, from the, the remote uh, Las Vegas um, uh, uh, area. Government uh, during, building. <laughs> government building. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, I mean, obviously the, 
the 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 most memorable uh snippet was the the walking talking bobblehead but but uh more more substantively you, you know you pointed out that that they're just that the amount of money that the A's were offering you know in community benefits was you know was kind of a pittance um and in that there just had been sort of a lack of of trust of what we can trust from the A's from the top the tippy top of the A's front ownership. So, uh, Steve, it's amazing that you've you've uh, agreed to talk to us. I really appreciate that. Why don't you? Can you give us like a little bit of background about how you ended up with the A's and and a little bit of information about uh, how you know what it was like to work in the front office of the A's? I don't think anybody listening probably knows that. Sure. So both my parents grew up in San Francisco, more on the south side of the city. Uh, my father was a U.S. Foreign Service officer, a diplomat. So I spent half of my life overseas as a kid and the other half when we were in the States, primarily in Washington, D.C. So I didn't actually grow up in the Bay Area. Um, my father had one sister, had one sister. Um, even though I'm Italian, I don't have a giant Italian family. And my father and our side of the family were diehard Giants fans. And his sister went to Cal Berkeley and raised that side of the family in Oakland, Skyline High School grads, all my cousins, and they were diehard A's fans going back to the early 70s. And so it's always been my American League team. And um, uh, I'll try and make this quick. Ten years ago, summer of 2013, my father passed away um, and we had the services in San Francisco and the, and the day after we wanted to go to a baseball game to honor my father. He loved baseball. He was a Giants season ticket holder and the A's were in town and the Giants weren't. So we came over to the East Bay, went to see uh, a very noteworthy game, A's versus Yankees, Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter's last game in Oakland. Day game started at one o'clock on a whatever that would have been a Thursday, maybe, and ended 18 innings and six and a half hours later with a Nate Fryman bloop single to over the shortstop's head <laughs> in, in left field. And my family, there were 35 of us, friends and family who, who went to the game, stayed to the end. And uh, I knew a few people in the A's organization. And, and I, I said, uh, I didn't even tell them I was at the game, but I reached out and I said, listen, um, my father just passed away. I spent six and a half hours at the stadium yesterday. Um, really love this team. Um, you know, and that's the 2013, 14 A's teams. Um, I really want to get back to the Bay area to take care of my mom, um, who's still in the Bay area. And it took six months, but the A's hired me a the position opened up for the head of corporate partnerships. And I came back to the Bay Area and, and launched this magical four-year run um, that I had um, with the A's. Um, and then um, uh, John Fisher took over for Lou Wolf in terms of being the managing partner. Dave Cavill came in, replaced Michael Crowley as the president. There were sweeping changes in the organization. And uh, many of us either left or were asked to leave. My time ended. Uh, and I moved here to Las Vegas to um, launch a, a second division soccer team, the Las Vegas Lights um, Football Club. You mentioned Europe and the relationship between soccer fans and um, their clubs. Spending half of my childhood overseas um, and half of my career working in professional soccer in the U.S. and the other half living in the States being a baseball fan and working in professional baseball, I see it from both sides. And um, it, it should have been, it, it was eye-opening and it should have been a little bit of, of a warning what to expect when I got to town in January of 2014, there was a Save Our Sports meeting going on and it was the Raiders, Warriors and A's fans trying to make sure that the team stayed. And, and I, I said to some of the folks at the A's, who's going on behalf of the A's? And they literally said, oh, we don't talk to those groups. And, and, and I, I couldn't understand this. So I went anyways, and I met <laughs> uh, a bunch of the guys from the right field bleachers and learned that the right field bleachers and left field bleachers were different and a different personalities and different people. <laughs> and um, Dr. Death from the Raiders gave a speech that utterly um, blew Mayor, then Mayor Kwan out of the water in terms of intelligence and substance and um, advocacy for um, his viewpoint. And I thought, wow, maybe... Um, Oakland is in trouble if um, the the political elite, this is the best they can muster to, um, because there's a lot of smart A's, Raiders and Warriors fans with really strong opinions about that. So, so I stayed much more in touch with A's fans than I think my predecessors had. And, and I, 
you know, as you said, that the A's front office necessarily does, but that comes from soccer where there, there, there's a healthy relationship and sometimes tension between a supporters group and a front office or, or an ownership group. And uh, if, if you've been to a European soccer match or the right U.S. soccer match and you, you see the passion of the fans, um, you recognize that what we're lucky enough to do in the front office Put on these events. I love the picture um, behind you, Hal, um, uh, of the Coliseum there. But to to put on these events, which for three hours a day, eighty-one times a, a a summer, people can leave a lot of those worries behind. Come to the ballpark, root for their favorite team, have a beer and a and a hot dog. And um, I still believe in that romantic notion of what baseball is, what it can be, what it can mean to the community. Um, I firmly believe that um, sports has an ability to unite people in the way that few thing, other things can. I, I always put music and sports together. You can always start a conversation with who's your favorite artist or who's your favorite team and launch into a conversation with a complete stranger if you're in a new city. I think that sports um, have an opportunity to be a vehicle for um, development of young people and leadership and, and um, opportunities for kids and all those sorts of stuff. I, 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 I love it when teams, organizations take that seriously, like you're part of the, the, the community, like, like make people proud to wear this, um, uh, this jersey and you know, make kids and families proud to support um, a team for all of the right reasons. I believe sports is a tremendous economic development generator. Um, and um, so so I've loved my career in sports. I, I, I hope you get that I loved my time um, at the A's. Um, I, I loved really kind of leaning into my, the A's fan side of me. Um, and um, so that's what I was trying to convey um, on Wednesday night when in the course of the hearing in the afternoon, I was appalled that John Fisher wasn't there on his own to speak, uh, to ask for $380 million. I really think if he had had a 10 minute prologue with, hi, I'm John Fisher and you know, this is who I am and this is what I've done in business and this is what I've done with the A's for, for all these years and all these playoff appearances, whatever, that we could have a done deal in, in an hour long hearing and be out of there. But he chooses not to show up in that um, position. Then I was getting angry that Dave Cavill wasn't um, there. And then Senator Donate calls him down and asks him about the entertainment tax. And four times he can't answer. And then I'm just getting angrier and angrier. And they put Catherine up to talk about community benefits. Um, they put Yolanda up to, to talk about some impact. And I just felt like the A's had really swung and missed. And it, and it felt like... San Jose, Fremont, Laney College, Howard Terminal, all over again. And so um, it was spontaneous, uh, kind of a last minute decision to try and drive down and see if we could catch the end of the hearing and maybe have a chance to, to, to testify. It was not really all that well um, thought out or planned or whatever. And, um, but I realized I, I touched the nerve. Um, uh, another person who I think recognizes how much the A's mean to Oakland, how much the A's mean to the East Bay, who I'm really privileged, fortunate, lucky enough that I can have some extra insight that other people don't have. I have a pedestal that I can use. And as a taxpayer in Clark County, Nevada right now, I'm directly impacted. So I, I, I was just sort of speaking really on behalf of myself uh, more than um, anything. But um, what a crazy few days um, it has been. Well, can you tell a story yeah. about that night? Because I know we were talking about it offline. You said um, that you 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 watched the hearings on, or you you watched the hearings on YouTube basically for a few hours. You got dinner, and then you came back home. And you realized the hearings were still going on. You're like, oh yep. well, I might as well drive down to the uh, the Las yep. Vegas. Uh, yeah, went went to all the, the grand... legislators are up in uh, Carson City, right? Correct, so, correct. Um, so when you, I I, you I almost yeah. I almost testified during the finance hearing two weeks previous and decided there would be another opportunity and I would just I, I reached out to my legislators directly um, without testifying publicly but I, I literally I said to my son like you want to go see how the sausage is made like you want to go see how government works let's go down let's get in line um, 
you know, um, we literally walked in five minutes before they got to let's listen to the opposition in, in Las Vegas. <laughs> all the all the parking lots at the Sawyer building were locked. We couldn't get in. We we parked on the loading dock and had to like run around and kind of slither through a fence and like knock on the door and have a security guard open the door. And he said, Can I help you? And I said, Is the hearing still going on? He said, Yes. And I'm like, Well, I'd like to go testify. And they uh, ushered us up to the room. So um yeah, it, it was it was what it was, and and if the assembly ever meets and takes up uh, the assembly version of this um, funding bill, and there's an opportunity for public testimony, uh, I imagine I'll go um, uh, testify again. Again, I've reached out to my assemblywoman, I've reached out to my state senator, I've reached out to much of the leadership, um, some of whom I, I I know casually in the community, and um, uh, I'm more. You know, I'm 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 looking at this from a taxpayer in in Clark County, who also has a vested interest in. I think the A's belong in in Oakland. If you know, if uh, I think I think I read somewhere, if you divide that three hundred eighty million dollars in uh, in money that they're going to receive from Nevada and Clark County, if you divide that evenly between every household in Nevada, every household in Nevada would be paying something like three hundred and thirty dollars to john hmm. fisher to move there yeah i, I one of the one of the, the a senator um nguyen um uh, in sort of breaking down the financials and getting upset that nothing in the proposal had changed from the finance committee 10 days previous yeah. she said is as i understand this um you're asking the public to put 36 million a year in for the first five years that's 180 million dollars up front to help kick off the building and all this and then we're going to pay it back based on all these revenues you know down the road and 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 um taxes generated from the site and whatever and i really thought about that um and you know i, I think a lot of people in the bay area have have understood the the dynamic here in las here in nevada with the republican governor who was elected by a less than one percent margin over the democratic in, incumbent facing a democratic assembly and senate that almost have a supermajority um and some real real venom between the governor's office and the legislature over other issues that came up in our once every two years 120 day session that just wrapped up uh last monday and so um uh you know the way this was introduced, the 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 late hour at which this was introduced, it really gave the impression that the A's were sort of um, thinking they were going to take Nevada for a ride and and basically just write their own deal. And um, you know, boom, as Dave Cavill likes to put on his on his Twitter feed, <laughs> you know, deal's done. And um, uh you know I, I thought we were 30 minutes away from a vote that was going to be a yes vote on wednesday night and um clearly some things that um you know questions that were unanswered details that are still um uh ha have not been provided um you know i i still haven't read the the traffic impact that apparently feels like it has a, a a big influence on on people that yeah. nobody even seen it yet in, in in this legislature like if it's this important and it's 36 million dollars a year and you just voted no on a bunch of um services that you know many of us would think are a bigger priority than a baseball stadium right now um why do we have to slam this through in one five-hour hearing um, why don't we give this several months of review and vetting and analysis? Um, uh, that's in, in the aftermath of the finance hearing was the message that I was delivering to my legislators. You you can't do this in this session. You need more time to decide if this is a good or a bad deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's it's frustrating from well for, it's frustrating from you know ace fan standpoints where uh you know i feel you know one thing you said earlier really resonated with me when you said well they didn't you know the A's weren't going to send anybody to that fan meeting uh, back in 2014 and you know the the entire time 
uh, the entire time that the the A's were working through all of the Alameda County and Oakland City Council stuff. You know, I was thinking, why, why ha why hasn't there been outreach to fan groups? You know, if you know, I get it. And by by the time by the time of last season, once they'd sold, you know, all their players, but 2021, you know, it it just it just didn't seem like they had. Um, tried to use any of any of this clear passion that exists to to get to get to a yes from Oakland City Council um and in, in, in the know, tradition that stretches from Raleigh Fingers to Dennis Eckersley to Sean Doolittle and, and Liam Hendricks the A's need a closer and when their only closer is Dave Cavill who apparently um at the last moment when you wouldn't have expected it suddenly got camera shy and gun shy and, and didn't want to go in front of the legislature himself. Um, I really feel like that a lot of this is on Dave, this, this strategy, um, the plan for Laney college, the way that that crumbled and fell apart, the, the way the process has gone at, at Howard terminal. If I'm not mistaken, weren't we less than $380 million apart on the $12 billion Howard terminal development? Oh, yeah. you are mistaken. We were, I think, maybe eighty million dollars away. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, that's what Casey was reporting, and it was. It, well, that's what's weird is they touted as twelve billion, but really, if you look at the slides they present, it's actually six billion. So I don't know where this, the other six billion comes from. You know, they right. just but, but they you, just were, you were there. Numbers, you, were, you, know? you were at yeah. you were at the finish line. You were at they the were, finish line for what would be a transformational project in the right part of town to to really put. Oakland baseball on the map forever at Howard terminal. You're a lot closer to the neighborhood where Ricky Henderson grew up and where Veda Pinson lived and where, you know, um, uh, all the, the, those baseball guys, Joe Morgan, you, you, you know, all of that, like, like that, um, that area, um, you know, can let's go like, let, let, let's build from Howard terminal outward, really develop, you know, that, that part of, of Oakland. So we were so close from what I've read and, and, you know, I'm, I'm where you are on that one. I'm out of town trying to understand what's happening. Um, we were so close at Howard terminal. Um, why would you leave that at the, uh, you know, two outs in the ninth inning and you make an inexplicable call to the bullpen and go to Las Vegas? Yeah. I think what, why, why the mayor originally seemed so furious when they announced this land plan in the wild Vegas. west land. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. so it was very confusing. You know, it was very confusing for everybody because this was just a bunch of leaks, um, and everyone was. But the mayor just came out and she was she was furious. And what it turned out later was uh, they had um, they had hired a um, a mediator to help them with negotiations. Uh, the mediator had set up a summit that week, uh, and in fact, that Wednesday that it it leaked, uh, the a the city of Oakland apparently was waiting in the conference room for the A's to show up. They called and they said we're not coming today, and then a few hours later they said, oh this this land deal leaked, and you know I don't I who knows who knows what actually happened. There's part of me that thinks that the A's were worried that they were going to be able to come to an agreement and that they had figured, uh, you know, I bet we can get a bunch of free money if we go to Las Vegas, what where's uh, in Oakland, you know, they're, they're holding, they're holding our feet to the fire on a number of different things. Um, so, it, I mean, it just, it's, it just, it, none of it seems to, None of it seems to like completely make sense to A's fans and, and it's heartbreaking. You know, I hear a lot of a lot of fans have told sort of stories online of their own interactions with Dave Cavill and one that I've heard a number of times. Uh, so I never met him in his office, uh, but people talk about how they would go to his office and he had a um, uh, a seat from uh, I think it's Municipal Stadium in uh, Cleveland where the Browns okay. used to play. 
And he would talk about, oh, you know, I grew up as a Browns fan and that's a, you know, a seat from a stadium from a, a, an owner who left. And it just, you know, it just, it just doesn't, it just, it's just sort of, it's heartbreaking to think that uh, the way that he came in with A's fans to say, I hear you, I've been through that same pain. We're going to do everything we can to not do that. Yeah, no, I that that's a it's a great point. Sort of forgotten about the early days of, of Cavill and the office hours, and yeah. um, uh, really that that sort of do it all vivacious mentality. That you know, at the end of the day, I'm with you up in the third deck, and that's where I like to watch the games. And um, you know, we're reopening the third deck because if you want to watch there and have a cheaper ticket, why don't we do that? I, I hear the fans, um, et cetera. But, I, but I do remember also all those comments about, um, I know what it felt like as a Clevelander to, to lose your team. So, um, anyway, so here we are waiting well, on pins and needles. Well, I was going to say you were, it seems like you were part of this, um, mass exodus. It seemed like 2017, 2718 around that era, a lot of the marketing people, a lot of the creative people in the social departments that I knew, uh, they left. Um, and I don't know if you're at liberty to really talk about this, but uh, was there like a culture shift that happened a few years ago or like, because <laughs> it, it, it seemed like they were making an effort, you know, like while while you were there. And then all of a sudden, uh, it's to, to me, from the outside observer, it seemed like 2018, 2019, uh, kind of with Chris Giles, they were making good efforts. And then 2020 happened, the pandemic happened. And ever since then, it's just been, you know, zero effort at all, basically. Yeah, I, I can't speak for how the organization reacted to during and after the pandemic. Um, I do feel for any business owner, any any person who lost their job, any you know, that was an inexplicable, un, like, different yeah, time yeah, in, in, in u.s history but in in two set 2017 and 2018 before the pandemic virtually every director level person in uh community public relations marketing corporate partnerships concessions um i could go on and on human resources uh and, and other places uh was either asked to leave or left because they saw the writing on the wall um, an incredible loss of institutional knowledge. Um, and uh, you're absolutely right. It happened. All of your friends in, in, in the you know, departments that you mentioned um, left for, for one reason or another. I feel like I was the third or fourth generation of corporate partnerships people that were brought in on the promise of you're going to sell the naming rights to the new stadium. Like of all the things I've done in sports, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever sold naming rights to a stadium. And it's the one thing I wanted to do. Um, you know, while I was there, we, we, we put the giant backlit um, Cash Creek sign up over the third base yeah. um, side. Yeah. And there's uh -huh. a really long story about why we could put a sign there and we couldn't put it anywhere else. And it just happens <laughs> to be between the goalposts of a uh, extra point or field goal for uh, in the Raiders football environment. Like it's there for a reason. Anyways, we're able to do some some exciting things, some um, creative things, but the lure was, Steve, you and your team are going to sell naming rights and all the suites in the new ballpark, which we were building <laughs> towards Laney College um, at yeah. that point. Yeah. And, and Kenley, all the group that has replaced that replaced me in that era, they're all long gone too. So now we're on like generation yeah. six. Like I know people that were going to sell the, the gridiron facility in San Jose, um, you had all sorts of files around um, uh, Fremont. What was it going to be called? Um, Cisco Field. Yeah. Yeah. Cisco Field saw all those those things again. Laney, Howard Terminal, etc. Et but um, yes, there's been several generations of turnover within the front office, um, with the exception of David Renetti, who they might as well, um, you know, name the new stadium after. Build a statue. Go it and just call it Renetti Park, right? Yeah, give him, um, give that man a statue. He's, he's yeah, but you know, <laughs> the baseball people were there from start to finish, and and Billy and and David Forrest and and Voos and Mickey and, and and some of those folks, great people. Um, you know, uh, some of them are still there. They are the heart and soul um, of that organization from what A's fans really love like we should be talking about 
whether Asturi Ruiz is, you know, uh, a long-term option for us in, in center field, as opposed to be talking about what Las Vegas said or what some state senator said or whatever, but like baseball, like, like, you know, we haven't said a word about baseball yet. We haven't talked about the pitching staff. We haven't <laughs> talked about, you know, whatever, but, um, uh, the baseball people were amazing. And I often felt if the same rigor was applied to the business side that was applied to the baseball side with the same, um, you know, you, you had plenty of, smart people who just wanted to be empowered to make you know good things happen um one of the years i was there was the last time we were over two million in fans i think 16 maybe 15 one of those um that's twenty five thousand fans a game which is exactly what we're you know they're talking about is going to happen here um in las vegas we worked really hard on those fireworks nights on those giveaways on the Cespedes t-shirts that we had to send off to wherever when we traded them four days before um <laughs> Cespedes night like you remember all these things yeah. um there was a really bright group of people in place um at the A's and candidly I don't know most of the people at the A's um any longer the turnover has been um extreme with the exception of Renetti and Steve Finelli and some of the the, the ticket sales team um the, the stadium operations team and um the ticket sales team they're you know whatever Cavill had a different vision uh and and um yeah. John Fisher had a different vision of who was going to take the A's to the new ballpark and we're still waiting uh my son who testified to um folks after me on Wednesday I remember telling him he would have been in about sixth grade that with any luck, he would, you know, be there for opening day in a new ballpark before he graduated. And he said, high school. I said, no college. Um, and he's about to be <laughs> college and we're still waiting. And that's obviously not going to happen. So um, anyhow, it, it's, it's it's hope he goes to grad like, school like how you can keep going. You can keep going. You can keep going. You can keep going. You didn't say yeah. what you said you graduate. They'll eventually start paying you to be at school. Uh, not very much, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. Here, what would have been your, uh, what would have been your, uh, your dream corporate sponsorship for the new stadium? Who, who did you want? Who did you want the name stadium to be named? After? I don't know. And, and, um, and I don't think they're partners anymore. Cash Creek Casino Resort. Um, are they sponsors anymore? I don't know. I I, 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 don't I think so. I forget. I don't know that they are, but um, so. they, they might we, still be in the stadium somewhere. Yeah. yeah I um, I was thinking about this the other night, and um, thinking about the referendum on sports betting last year that was um soundly voted down by California yeah. residents, um, in part because um I think it usurped um tribal, um, uh rights that they have in perpetuity yeah. in in with their their compact, but. For a billion, so if if DraftKings and FanDuel and uh, Caesars, I think, put a half billion dollars into that referendum, um, if any one of them, let's say, say DraftKings or FanDuel, were to put enough money to just go buy the A's and basically own the team, let's make this DraftKings stadium and then start from the position of California residents to work with tribes like uh like like the, the tribe that operates cash creek casino and treasure treasure mountain treasure valley you know etc et um i i think you could you could quickly um one legalize sports betting in california and two find a committed corporate investor that wanted to that has a reason um to want to invest in baseball in california um but um Who's my dream sponsor? Um, uh, Kaiser. Um, yeah. Uh, a company with deep East Bay roots. Um, Clorox. Um, uh, Wait, listen to this. Any, any of the what tech if, companies, um, Spotify, Pandora, whichever one's in, in downtown Oakland. Yeah, Salesforce. What, what, if, yeah, yeah. what if What if Clorox just 
just sponsored the bleachers. I tried. It was the yeah. Florida <laughs> one of us bleachers. tried that for 20 years. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that big State Farm sign in red over your right shoulder, we yeah. wanted that yeah, to be yeah. a um, Clorox. The Clorox oh, the Clorox bleachers. Oh, it's just, it's just written in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, well, yeah. well, Steve, one thing I noticed about your your comment is you said, you know, you worked with uh, Dave Cavill, you worked with Catherine Aker. Um, what is Dave Cavill like when there's not a microphone around? And have you ever spoken with John Fisher? <laughs> I'm really curious. Like, sure. Um, level executive, do you ever even interact with the owner? Because I, I like so clandestine. You know, I have met John Fisher. I've interacted a little bit with John Fisher. Um um you know i i he 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 seems like a decent human being that maybe if he just sold a couple of pieces of art he could you know get over the 80 million dollars at howard terminal or a couple hundred million dollars here in 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 las vegas um uh i don't think dave cavill is evil um he's intelligent he's clever um his passion um you know it, it is clear um uh i interacted a lot with dave because i because i had been at major league soccer um with dave i could talk about soccer and with billy bean i could talk about soccer um and there's not that many people that play in both the baseball worlds and the soccer worlds but there were two um billy and dave two two pretty good, mm -hmm. good ones to have so um yeah i i don't i don't um, have a grudge against Dave or um, anything like that. Um, uh, but like I said, the A's need a closer right now, and it does not appear that Dave Cavill has been able to close the deal that John Fisher wants anywhere, um, any more than previous uh, administrators were. So, um, yeah, that's my... Yeah. No, like thanks that. for the insight because I knew I, that was a, the most striking thing. You know, people could say what you said, but the fact that you had, you know, been in the trenches with these people, you had worked with them, it, it gives it more credibility, you know? So I think that's what it was the most interesting part. And I think that's why I got such a strong reaction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was trying to make about five points. One that John Fisher. <laughs> two was minutes. Missing. You got two minutes to make exactly. your Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough time. But but one yeah, let's that go. John Fisher. Two minutes. Start. John Fisher <laughs> should be there. Two, that if the A's yeah. in the moments that they did choose to speak for themselves could better answer the questions, like Dave Cavill in the live entertainment tax question, we 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 maybe would be a little bit further along. Um three, um, I think it's really disingenuous of the A's to talk about a million dollars in community benefits in this. Um, I, I think Catherine said that they were pledging 1% of ticket revenue in the new ballpark for community uh, events. And I quickly did the math, um, you know, 2 million fans times 60 bucks a ticket is $120 million. That 1% is 1.2 million. It, however you slice it, it, it it's, it's a pittance. And we just went through a five-year process of replacing almost every high school football field in, in Clark County School District. We have like 25 high schools that had just awful fields. And the Raiders chipped in and built five of them. And they changed a lot of them from grass to turf. And I think it cost something like $3 million a field or something like this. Yeah. A million dollars is, is a drop um, in the bucket. To get a youth field done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to try and suggest that that was um evidence of the a's sincerity um i just thought that was um really overstated. so benevolent right yeah so benevolent. Yeah. <laughs> point, point four they had talked about how um affordable um it was going to be it's not going to be affordable for a family of um four or five like like i have um i mean aviators games my son said it are 18 dollars to get in the park for the the cheapest ticket in in, in the ballpark um, what makes us think that an A's ticket is going to be anything less than double that. Um, and then the fifth point, um, which I can't even remember if I got to or not. Um, I had a chance to go to Minnesota to visit the twins, walk around their ballpark, meet my counterparts at the twins. They are on the smallest urban footprint in baseball. They're on eight and a half acres. And um, it's a unique situation, urban, 
Um, the stadium is built more vertical than um, horizontally. Um, it still takes up eight and a half acres. And the A's were talking about all of the ancillary revenues created by their nine acres. There's, there's no room left. Um, and um, uh, yeah, I, I thought that the nine acres out of the 36 um, is also just one of those numbers that we really need to be questioning and talking about um, because if you're taking um, you know, $180 million of land, which is allegedly what it's worth out of the tax system for the next 30 years at that corner of all places, um, is that the best use uh, of, of that land? So those were the points that I was um, trying to make. Um, uh, it, it, it was not, you know, it, it's not personal against Dave. It's not a grudge or anything that I have against the organization. Again, my perspective was I'm a Clark County taxpayer and I have some, uh, I can see holes in this. I hope my legislators can see the same holes and, and at least ask all the questions. If they do all the correct due diligence and they hear from their constituents and they decide that this is the right thing for Las Vegas and the state of Nevada to do for economic development terms, I'm a sports fan. I would love to have an MLB team here. But the way it was done, uh, the way the last um, two weeks has transpired here uh, in the legislature and then with these special sessions, um, it just, I, I, I think the A's botched the ninth inning in this one. They botched the ninth inning of the first game of the doubleheader in <laughs> in Oakland. And then, uh, you know, that game is going to be completed at a later date. And they started a, a new series and they totally botched it, in my opinion. You know, I think the thing, one of the things that was just boiled my blood the most is this whole community benefits um, saga. You know, I think that there's one there's one side to it, which was uh, the confusing, lurching weirdness that the A's, you know, were doing when they were trying to do a community benefits package. Uh, in Oakland, where they organized all these meetings and got everyone really excited. And, and uh, it seems like everyone who was, I was never a part of that, but, but people who were a part of it said, and then, you know, all of a sudden they just sort of pulled the plug, you know, didn't even tell anybody, they just stopped hosting meetings and told everybody, oh, by the way, we're not, you know, we, we were glad to get everyone to the table, but we're not going to pay for any of this, obviously. Yeah. And then the, you know, the, the madness of, of, of all these legislatures saying, well, we need more certainty on community benefits and all this stuff. And, you know, you don't, you normally don't have that, you know, when somebody moves to a new place, if it's a person or a business, because you know what they just, what community benefits are is you just, you just pay your taxes and then that's enforced. The government collects the money and then they can spend it on the community. Uh, but, you know, we have to do this whole song and dance because, the A's are asking to be exempted from nearly every imaginable tax. Um, uh, and it's just. Yeah. If, and, I, it, and I think it was state Senator Flores who was asking about community benefits. Yeah, he was and, kind of championing that. Yeah. And trying to get yeah. straight answers. And um, I don't need my legislators to be baseball fans. I don't really need them to be sports economists. I need them to be focusing on um, community welfare, on public safety, on the education system that my kids have just gone through, yeah. um, higher education, uh, et, et, et cetera. And if people who I know and respect in our legislature don't feel like they can even cast a vote because they don't have enough information, they haven't slept in two weeks, they haven't even you know seen the bill until a couple of days ago, um, we're fighting over, you know, just getting a, a budget approved so we don't have a state government shut down 18 days from now on, on July 1st. And um, so I, I it, it was it was disingenuous. It was, um, you know, I think Catherine trying to paint this picture like this is going to be incredible benefits. And, and it was Senator Flores who said, yeah. I sat on the committee that went through this at length with the Raiders on the construction of Allegiant Stadium. And there's a very, very robust community benefits package there. And even as good as that was and as well developed as that was, many of those promises weren't kept. And what are we um, holding? And 
you know, it, there, there's no there's no point in comparing the two an NFL building versus an MLB building or concert facility, um, how it was funded. Um, uh, but but Senator Flores um, was smartly saying this community benefits doesn't make sense to me. And I thought it would be easiest to just talk about one million dollars. Um, Catherine made it's, reference it's, to 12,000 classrooms. Well, if an average school point. has 100 classrooms, you know, we're only talking about 100 schools. And in the size of, of the Bay Area, um, that's a, a ridiculously low impact um, that they're having. There's 350 schools in the Clark County School District. So all these things that they were just trying to like snow us over with, you know, some charts and, and, and data. Um, so I was angry. <laughs> By the time I spoke, I was angry. Yeah. And, you know, I, I could hear, you know, it, it also just kind of sounded like when Catherine Akers got up there, you could, I, I think I was listening to that just in earphones. I wasn't even watching it. I was on, on a run or something. And I just was thinking, I don't know if, you know, this, this doesn't, this seems like, this seems like a, a student who tried to start their homework, the, you know, the day it was due or something, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think the question is, why couldn't Cavill represent the A's? Why mm -hmm. did he have to hire three out of the four people who would speak on behalf of the A's, who yeah. are Nevada residents, who who knows if they've ever been to an A's game in their life? Have Jeremy Aguero, right? I think he's the big, I think he's very central to this whole thing because he's been, he's basically been the mouthpiece of the A's throughout this whole process. And he's technically a third party, you know, but it seems like he's a hired gun by the A's just from the, well, just well, from the outside Jeremy, observer, you know, <laughs> Jeremy, Jeremy is, I would say has been well-respected here, um, was very involved in um, the Raiders project, went to work for the Raider, Raiders. Has, has anybody really looked into the irony of how Mark Davis, um, after the entire Raiders front office turned over two years ago here in Las Vegas, and there's major um, allegations of financial impropriety. Um, he hires Jeremy Aguero to be chief strategy officer and to basically, um, you know, write the Raiders image and, you know, create the financial footprint for the Raiders moving forward. Jeremy left within six or seven months uh, of his tenure at the Raiders for of all people to pop up and suddenly be, the mouthpiece of a former Oakland sports team in Las Vegas. It's really ironic. So, so go, go, go Google Jeremy Aguero at, at, at the Raiders. I, as you said, he is central. Um, I think he's actually very smart and, um, uh, but why couldn't John Fisher and Dave Cavill make the ass themselves? Yeah. Oh, which, I think which the other point that I made was Vegas is built on the these these big families, philanthropist families, um, Steve Wynn, Kirk Corian at at Caesars, um, uh, the Gone family, the Fertitas. Um, John Fisher could be a hero in this town if he brought Major League Baseball, built a state of the art facility, and you know opened the Fisher Art Gallery because um, we don't have a, a contemporary art museum in Las Vegas. He he could have this town eating out of his palm in a heartbeat if they just sort of approached it um, the right way. But but as, as I said, they just they really blew the the, the presentation. So as you understand, is, is Aguero no longer with the Raiders? Because I'm looking he's at not. his LinkedIn. I'm looking at his LinkedIn. Yeah. It says he's he still says he's uh, nope. there, but I guess nope. I mean it's only LinkedIn. But yeah, yeah. no, yeah. he he left the Raiders. I believe it was seven months after he started in the last eighteen months. Interesting. That kind of changed. Like so, he's just applied analytics, which he started basically as his his main deal, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Las Vegas economic development or the Creators, LV, I get my, all my acronyms, but mm -hmm. the big economic development uh, agency. LVCBA? LVCBA? No, no, that's Convention oh. Visitors Authority. The, the the statewide economic development agency, okay. basically, Jeremy has been driving their long-term economic analysis for um, a decade as, as Nevada diversifies from just being a gaming capital to a technology capital to... Tesla and manufacturing sports. in Northern Nevada, yeah. sports now. Um, 
Uh, and and to our community's credit, it, it has diversified um, impressively over the past even six years since I've been here. Um, so um, Jeremy was probably the right guy to um, help steer this, um, but he shouldn't have been the guy to make the big pitch and ask for the money any more so than Steve Hill should have been. Yeah. What, uh, so Steve, this was, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate you giving us. Yeah, thank you, man. So I really appreciate I want, it. Baby. Yeah, I want to, I want to sort of wrap up with, uh, what, what was your favorite, what was the favorite project you work on or your favorite memory when you were in the front office of the A's? What was <laughs> maybe, or maybe something that fans would have heard of too, you know? So, um, the first Pride Night in 2014 yeah. or 15, uh -huh. um, Sean Doolittle's now wife, girlfriend at the time, um, got involved on social media and was supporting some local organizations. And, um, you know, I, you know, it was one of those special ticket events. It wasn't a, a giveaway for everybody, yep. but we were going to um, have a Pride Night and, um, you know, they changed the scoreboards to rainbow and played some different music between innings than they normally would or whatever. And throughout the game, there was dancing in the aisles and the concourses whenever they play music. And there was just a joy and a spirit that was um, very different from a typical A's game. And it was a huge hit. And I remember that the A's came from behind and won that game, I don't know, 11 to 10 or some, some crazy uh -huh. Like it had a fairy tale um, ending. Um, for for the A's to take the leap that the Giants had started down the road of twenty years previous and celebrate um, pride with their fans, um, that's a, a game that always sticks out um, in my mind. Um, uh, I, I had so many amazing memories. I um, it, it's hard to to pick any moving, uh, you know, all the, the, the fan fests and dealing with the rain and the, the muddy fields and, and all that in, in a couple of years, and then moving it to, to Jack London square where it's still rain, but changing the whole feel of that event to get closer to, to the fans. I love that. Um, uh, I pushed for and, uh, organized the, the play ball opening day, 5k two or three times. And then I think that's gone away. Um, just yep. different ways to involve different segments of the community um, uh, and, and really learning about Oakland. Um, much yeah. of the A's front office lives over the hill in Walnut Creek and Danville and Pleasanton and, and Livermore. And that's great, you know, or, for whatever or reason Atherton. it makes sense. Right. <laughs> I, li I, li I lived in El Cerrito and yep. uh, more often than not, I'd get on BART at El Cerrito and I would get off yep. at the Coliseum and walk across the bridge and uh, enjoy every single day. Like I'm showing up in a major league baseball stadium to try and yep. generate revenue so that, uh, you know, the, the, the 2014 team with the seven all-stars um, can deliver amazing memories um, for our fans. I could go on and on and on about how much fun um, I had at the A's. My 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 son, one one year attended forty five of the eighty one games. Um, when when Commissioner Manfred came to town on his introductory tour of all the major league ballparks, um, uh, I snuck Declan into our staff meeting with the commissioner. Um, commissioners points one, two, and three where baseball had to get younger and connect to young fans. And we needed more sunny grays that young fans would, would attend to. And I, um, you know, I, I asked Declan for a question that I could ask on his behalf. And Declan said, um, you know, why don't we ask the commissioner who his baseball heroes are? You've talked about sunny gray mm -hmm. and this new generation. And the commissioner answered that, um, the first game he ever went to at Yankee stadium, uh, Mickey Mantle hit two home runs. And in a couple of years pri previous to this, the MLB staff had found highlights of this game in the summer of 50, whatever, when Mickey Mantle hit two home runs and the commissioner now carries it on his phone as a memory of where his love of baseball started. Cause he, this was the game um, he was at. 
Uh, and so doing things like that with with my son and and the rest of my my family, my wife and my my other kids, was always um, a kick. The the kicker to that one is I got called into a higher executive's office that day and said that I had violated team policy by bringing my son to a like closed event to meet the commissioner. And I'm like, come on now, like like they come said, on. if every A's employee brought their kids there, it would have been romper room. And I said, you know you all know my kid. He's in my office all the time. He's always in a dual Jersey. He's always in our family seats. He, he wouldn't let me leave till every game was over. You know, even if the A's had lost, you know, by 10 plus runs and you're going to call me on the carpet for, you know, bringing him to meet. The, I have a picture of him with the commissioner at, at the podium. Like it's, it's yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had so many, I, but I, again, I had so many great experiences, yeah. so many things that were just so so A's um, as well, but, um, and well, loved, yeah. loved being at virtually every game from well before gates opening till after the, the, the last out um, working in soccer, working in minor league baseball. One of the things I always loved to do was sort of position myself near exit gates after a game and just thank people for, for coming. And um, I think it's one of the easiest ways to generate goodwill. And you get some guys like my hot dog was cold. I'm like, ah, talk to Hal next game. I'm sure we'll take care of it, right? <laughs> but, it, but the others are like, man, this was so great. You know, thanks for that great game. Like, yeah, I didn't do anything. Like, you, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I, the, the A's relationship with the, the A's fans relationships with the players and the team is really, really special. Um, and it reminds me of soccer supporters groups and their relationship yeah. with, with teams. It's a shame that A's ownership um, uh, can't figure out how to, um, you know, how to, how to close the deal and, 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 and give the East Bay what the community is absolutely begging for. Um, so um, it is, you yeah. know, I think I've said this a few times on this podcast, but like, you know, you reminding me of standing by the exits and thanking people for coming, you know, it is, it is such a pleasure to work in a baseball stadium, especially if people start to know you mm -hmm. uh, and because it's just such a place of joy. Yeah. And, and I just, I don't know what it's like to be a billionaire but <laughs> if i was a billionaire and i you know and i bought my toy and my toy was a baseball team like why wouldn't you be that guy standing by the exits you know shaking people's hand my favorite book as a kid was um i don't know if you ever uh, read it was uh, the Bill Vex. Rex. <laughs> yeah <laughs> amazing book exactly amazing yeah. book and, yeah. and you know and you know he just he talks about he would you know, uh, when he would just take, he would sit in the front seat of cabs so he could talk to the cab driver about, you know, the, his relationship with the team and the city and stuff. And it's just, uh, yeah. and, and, and you know, to his credit, Cavill did and said yes. all the right things Cavill when he did got that. to town and he was going to be the, the president of the people. And I was really encouraged, um, for a long time. Yeah. Um, but, um, again, whether it's Cavill's fault or Fisher's fault, yeah, couldn't close the deal. I'll, I'll tell you what, that uh, the fans fest that you're so proud of, they, you know, they obviously they they had one in 2020 uh, uh, right before it was over. And then they, you know, they canceled uh, it in 2021 because of Corona and then 2022 because of the lockout. So they finally had another fans fest and it was a it was a. Uh, it was a happy hour at the bowling alley in Howard Terminal. Uh, no players, nobody. The only person from the team, I think, was the public address announcer. Wasn't Stomper there? Stomper. I think Stomper yeah, made Stomper it. Right? Was, yeah, Stomper was there. Stomper right? was there. Stomper they was threw that Stomper point. in the mix. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, 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 that sends me. Um, yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, 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 we could talk all day and, and talk yeah. all night. Um, so tomorrow... A's fans are going to make their voices heard on, on Tuesday with this reverse boycott. Um, I'll be watching. I'm really interesting, just interested to see how um, local, local California, local Nevada and national media um, cover yeah. this, because I, I think the 
excuse me, the um, the outcome of the last two weeks has been much, much more public support on uh, against A's ownership and the way that this has transpired. Um, and uh, so it'll be really interesting for, for me to, to hear how it goes. Um, you know, I don't want to end on the MLB blackout situation, but I can't even watch the A's in in Las Vegas or what? You're back. blacked out too. We're one of six blackout. Their A's are one of six blackout teams in Las Vegas. Like I, I don't know how you're supposed to Fuck. see baseball. I, I heard the they're blacked out of Hawaii too. It's like, dude, what are they are doing? You, like, what are they going to drive from there to fly in from Hawaii and catch the game real quick? Like, yeah, what are they yeah. doing? Is it here, even you know? is yeah, it even okay. possible to get NBC Sports California in Las Vegas? Like, why they're, aren't they blacked out? There, I believe I can get them on Direct TV possibly, and because that, um, they're 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 blacked out. But um, okay. on the primary cable, I can't get it, and I can't oh, buy the package. It's it, it's 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 crazy. But no, that's another topic entirely. Um, yeah. Anyhow, um, thank you so much for having me. Love talking baseball. I I thought we would do this for like fifteen minutes, and it's been an hour. But, um, <laughs> my my yeah, my pleasure. And yeah. believe me, if there's another opportunity to to testify publicly, I will likely. Um, reiterate my thoughts on how the A's could maybe approach this a little bit differently to get a little bit warmer uh, reception, but um, we shall see. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks so much, Steve. Yeah, really appreciate it, Steve. Thanks a lot for your time, man. Great. My pleasure to talk to you guys.